1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. And you can stand. I want to get the blood pumping a little bit so you don't fall asleep. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to read this scripture together. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone despise your youth, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, give your attention to the public reading, exhortation, and teaching. Don't neglect the gift that is in you. It was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the, elder of, uh, uh, the council of elders. Practice these things, be committed to them, so that your progress may be evident to all. Pay close attention to your life and your teaching. Persevere in these things, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and your hearers. You can be seated. Scripture tells us that Herod killed John the Baptist because he didn't like something he said about his relationship. Uh, and Jesus, when he heard this news about his cousin John, uh, withdrew to a solitary place. He was, he was struggling, he was grieving, uh, and he wanted to be alone. Many of you have gone through those types of seasons, but the Bible says that all these crowds came out to him. They were searching for him, and he looked at them, and he had compassion on them because he saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he, he reached out and he healed many of them and, and he ministered to them and taught them. Uh, this is the heart of our great Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is the heart that we need to have as God's people. Uh, we need uh, those things that God has told us in ministry that will help us be more effective. And part of this is to let people see the love of Christ in us. Uh, Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, a young pastor who is ministering in a place called Ephesus. And he has been talking to him about his responsibility to teach, his responsibility to preach, his, his uh, responsibility to correct the false teaching that was taking place and so forth in that, that area, in that city. And, uh, but when he gets to the latter part of this chapter... He continues to mention the teaching, but now he's talking about some other things. And he's saying, look, Timothy, I want you to understand how to make your ministry more effective. You say, well, what does that have to do with me? I'm not a preacher. Well, I'm glad you asked, because the Bible says that every child of God is a minister. Uh, we each have a work of ministry to do to build up the body of Christ. And we also have a message to share with the lost world. And so how we do that will uh, impact how effective we are. And so he's giving him these, these pointers in how to make his ministry more effective. And these are pointers that we can take as well. And we can apply to our lives as well to help us be more effective in ministry. And so he tells Timothy several things about his love, about his, his example uh, about watching after his own life uh, because he wants him to be as effective as he can be in the ministry. So we need to follow these guidelines that God has given us to improve our ministry. The title of my message is Improving Your Ministry. And so uh, how do we improve this ministry that we have for the Lord? Well, first of all, we need to set an example. Uh, 
We need to set an example. If you look at verse 12, he says, Do not let anyone despise your youth. Timothy was young. He said, Timothy, I know that because you're young, some people may not respect you very much. But you need to give them reasons to respect you in the way that you live and the way you conduct your ministry. I remember the first church I pastored, I was 25 years old. And uh, as I began my ministry there, I'd gone to an associational meeting. And one of the other pastors was talking to me. And he, he said, how old are you? And I told him. And he said, I've got T-shirts that are older than you. And I said, yeah. I said, <laughs> I understand that. And uh, so this is the kind of situation Timothy was facing. Uh, people were looking at his youth. But Paul says, look, you can be an effective minister, Timothy, despite the fact that you're young. But I'm going to tell you how. You need to set an example. What areas of life was he to set an example? Well, if you look in in verse 12, he says, I want you to set an example in your speech. How might you do that? Well, number one, don't say things that bring reproach to the name of Christ. Don't use profanity. Don't tell dirty jokes. Uh, don't, Don't be involved in gossip or in malicious speaking against other people. Don't lash out at people in anger. All these are ways that we can honor God with a speech. But what about using our words to build others up? What about using our speech to bring encouragement and healing? The Bible says in Proverbs that the words of the wise are like a fountain of life. David was talking with me yesterday. He said, uh, Dad, you remember that time we went up to and we hiked on that trail and I stuck my head in the water and drank the water from the stream? I said, yes, I do. Uh, fountain of life that's what the words of the wise are to people and so as you use your words to build up other people it can bring life and healing to them what a powerful thing he says also set an example in your conduct what you do uh, how you live your life what your actions are Um, a little girl had been told to uh, uh, sit down by her father and she didn't want to sit down and so uh, she sat down, but she had a scowl on her face, you know, and, and she folded her arms and she said, well, I, I may be sitting outwardly, but I'm standing inwardly, you know. And in her actions, she showed that she wasn't too happy about what she was doing. Uh, let Make sure your actions give the right uh, kind of impression. Then, in your love, set an example in your love. We are called to a, a supernatural love as God's people. Uh, a love that, that we cannot manufacture in ourselves, but that has to come through the power of the Holy Spirit in us as we love other people. And so each day, ask God to fill you with the Spirit of God and to love other people through you. Uh, this is the unconditional love that Jesus shows for us. We were talking in Sunday school this morning about the mercy of God and uh, about the fact that His mercies are new every morning. Aren't you glad that God's not like a lot of us? holding a grudge till the day we die. He has a loving, forgiving heart, and he extends his mercy. Um, Extending mercy to other people is one way that you love them. Uh, You can love them by doing things for them, by, by sharing the gospel with them. Many ways that you can do that. But ask God to love other people through you and set an example for you in love. In faith, set an example in trusting God. Um, Have you ever known somebody with a gift of faith? They just have a stubborn faith. 
Uh, I had a friend in Texas like that, and uh, he would say, uh, people would tell him he couldn't. And he'd say, well, yeah, he said, you're probably right, I probably can't. But can I tell you something? God can, and God's going to. And, I mean, he just had that kind of faith. And every time that you saw him, he just exuded this faith in God. Now, I'm sure he, he struggled at times, but he set an example in faith. Do we believe what we say we believe? Uh when we believe God's word, there's a power to that, and there's an example set in that. Uh, Abraham set that example for Isaac, didn't he? Uh, Isaac set that example, maybe not to the same extent, but Isaac set the example for Jacob. And so, set an example in your faith and in your purity. Your purity. Don't be involved in sinful activities. Some people say, well, you know, I serve God, but... I've got this little area, it's not going to hurt anybody. Oh, yes, it will. It will hurt you, first of all. It will hurt your relationship with God. It will steal your joy. But it will also hurt others because it will rob you of the effectiveness you could have had in ministering to them. So set that example in purity. So that's the first way we improve our ministry is to set an example. Secondly, think of others. Look at what he says in verse 13. Until I come, give your attention to public reading. That's the reading of scripture. Exhortation and teaching. We've talked about teaching, but look at that word exhortation. So he's telling Timothy, you're going to read the word of God. You're going to teach the word of God. But I want you to think about, in your mind, how can I encourage somebody else? Through the word of God. Um. That's one reason we do our drawing near services, because we want to give an opportunity uh, not only to draw near to God, but to draw near to each other as we share from God's word or we share testimony, that, that kind of thing, to encourage the church, to build up the body of Christ. And this is what God has called us to do, to be encouragers. Some of you may have the gift of encouragement. I know some of you have that gift. Uh, but all of us are called to Use our speech to be a blessing to others and to think of others. Now, some of you may have more have serving gifts. If you do, if you're thinking of others, chances are oftentimes you will do it through an action. You might uh, mow somebody's grass for them. Or you might uh, help them out with a project that they've got going on. And you, through your actions, you're encouraging somebody else. But we're called to a ministry of encouragement. Did you know... That God didn't call us just to come sit and soak. He called us to serve. And as we begin to think of others, as we come to the place of worship, not just there, but in every place that we go, think, how, God, can I minister in this situation? Or is there somebody that you want me to talk to? Is there somebody you want me to pray for? Thinking of others... Before we think of ourselves. That's what Jesus did. He, he's gone aside to grieve. I mean, who could blame him for wanting to be alone? But he's thinking of other people, right? He's looking at their needs. He sees their needs. And compassion stirs his heart. And he says, I'm going to minister despite where I'm at. Did you know sometimes you get encouragement from ministry more than the person that you're ministering to? It just works that way. I don't ex exactly understand it. But I have had that happen to me a number of times. Um, as you think of others, 
it will make you more effective in your ministry. Sometimes we're so self-focused that we forget that we're here for the sake of others. So, set an example, think of others. Thirdly, use your gifts. Use your gifts. Look at what he says in verse 14. Don't neglect the gift that is in you. Now, he talks about how he's, how he's given it. There's some debate about that. Um, I think probably he, he's talking about his ordination service, and there's, there's pastors who are praying over him, and, and God maybe God led one of them to pray about this, this gift that he would use. Or, or perhaps uh, somebody said, you know, I think God's going to use you in this way, and I, I, I think God maybe, maybe laid that upon my heart to, to share with you. But however it happened, God had given Timothy a gift. And Paul says, listen, if you want to be effective in your ministry, you need to use the gifts that God has given you. I'm thankful for people with a gift of evangelism. I had two of those individuals who preached a message on repentance and faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. And I realized I was a sinner and I came to Christ because of the faithfulness of those two men in using their gifts. I'm thankful for people with a gift of service. Those people behind the scenes who are doing things uh, that are unrecognized oftentimes, but that are so important to the ministry of the body of Christ. Can I tell you, I, I've been blessed uh, to, to be ministered to by God's church because of the service of so many people who do what they do behind the scenes. I'm blessed with, with people who have the gift of exhortation and mercy, who are encouragers or who come alongside people when they're hurting and try to lift them up. And uh, what a blessing that is. I'm encouraged by people who have the gift of administration or the gift of leadership who will then take those gifts and inspire God's people to accomplish a task God has given them to do or help organize them to get it done. What a great gift for the body of Christ. So many ways that all of us have been blessed through the use of the gifts of God's people. But let me ask you a question. If someone else's spiritual health depended upon the use of your gift, how healthy would they be? As we think about the blessings we've received from the gifts of others, what blessings are we providing? You see, you can't use your gifts if you're not in God's house. If you're in God's house, are you thinking about other people or are you just receiving what you need? Yes, you need to receive what you need. Praise God for that. I'm glad you're here. But have you thought about the fact that God has gifted you and he wants you to be a blessing to other people? It seems like lately I've heard this more than, more than uh, once and I've just had a sense of how much the people of God need each other. There's some people in our church that are really, really struggling. I mean, they're, they're intense struggling. And they need your encouragement. They need your help. Uh, if it were dependent upon you, how well would they do? Did you know the Bible says that we need each other? In 1 Corinthians 12, it says the hand can't do without the foot, the foot can't do without the ear, and the eye can't do without the mouth. We all need each other. Can I tell you something? This pastor needs you. You say, well, pastor, you come to bless me. Well, can I tell you something? I need you. There are times that certain ones have prayed for me or have 
have ministered to me or have encouraged me when I was struggling. And you had been a blessing to me. Can I tell you, it is so critically important that you use your gifts. You say, well, what is my gift? Well, get started serving <laughs> and then see. It, when you find it, it's a, it's a niche. You, 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 when you find the place of giftedness, it's a place that you enjoy. It's a place uh, that you have some effectiveness at. It's a place where others will, will probably give you feedback saying, hey, you know, you really encouraged me. Or, hey, you know, I was suffering and you were there and you ministered to me. And, boy, I appreciate it. Or, uh, boy, you have some organizational gifts. I could never do that. Or whatever it is. And, and you begin to get this feedback. And you see that God has created you for this niche. But you have to get started in doing that. Now, God may just lay it upon your heart. He can do that. And he did that in my case when he called me to preach. But other times, you may just get into that gift by serving in different areas. And you just kind of, oh, man, this is where I want to be right here in this niche. And you, you figure out what God has wired you to do. It's amazing. Did you know God created you for a purpose? God fashioned you. David said, Lord, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made for God's purpose. And as we begin to serve in the purpose for which God created us to serve, there's a satisfaction in that and an effectiveness in that that really truly makes a difference for eternity. So, so important. Ask God to show you your niche. Now, you don't have to just serve in your niche, but you want to serve in that one place because that's where God has gifted you to be a blessing to the body of Christ. And there may be two or three of those gifts you need to use. So, uh, don't neglect the gift that is in you. Improving your ministry, set an example, think of others, use your gifts, persevere for God. Look at verse 15. Practice these things, be committed to them, be devoted to them, uh, persevere in them, some translations say, uh, so that your progress may be evident to all. Persevere for God. Keep going. Sometimes we begin to serve God, we're excited, right? Oh, yeah, I found, found a new place of service. I, I'm excited. And then weeks, months pass. Nobody said thank you to me. You know, or, uh, man, is there any good being accomplished through what I'm doing? Or, boy, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of weary. You see, we have a choice at that point. Do we quit? Do we stop serving God? Or do we continue to persevere? It takes faith to persevere, doesn't it? Um, I'm not much of a gardener. But I remember when I was 10 years old, my family moved out to the country, and my parents, who had never worked a garden on their own, my dad had had one with, a, with another staff member at church, uh, but my parents had never done it on their own. And so uh, they, they found a farmer who was willing to plow up some land for them. They began to plant this stuff, and uh, none of us, I, I found out none of us are really good gardeners. Um, but one thing I did learn, when you plant your seed, it takes a while for there to be fruit, right? 
if you're if you're planting corn, it takes a while before you know you get this little sprout, and then it grows up, and then it grows up, and it grows up, and finally you've got ears of corn. But there's a process. There's a time period that you go through. And you had to go out there, and I used to hate it. My mom said, okay, it's time to go work in the garden. You know, I know some of y'all love the gardening, and praise God for you. I love the vegetables, but it wasn't for me. But anyway, my mom would say, go, we're going to go out there, we're going to weed the garden. And I'm like, oh, man, you know. And uh, we'd get down in there, and we'd be pulling the weeds out and everything. And then, oh, we got to water, it's dry, we got to water the garden. And, you know, and, and so over and over and over and over again. But you know what? When we got to the end of that process, even though we're, none of us were good gardeners, there was some produce. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, there was some fruit for our labor. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? If you will persevere, if you will in faith do what God tells you to do, you'll be amazed at what God will do. God will take your efforts and he will bring fruit. Um, Guess what? God doesn't need our giftedness and our skill. Even when we're weak, he can use us. You know what I've found? A lot of times it's when I'm weak, God uses me the most. It's when I feel my own need that he often supplies the best. So persevere. Keep going. Keep serving. Keep doing what God has called you to do in faith so that God will bring the fruit. I'm sure Timothy, in this struggle with his false teaching, that things had gotten hard. Perhaps he'd become discouraged. And he thought, look, look, we've put on all this work, and now these false teachers have come in. They're causing trouble in the church. They're teaching this false doctrine, trying to lead people astray, trying to take people from the church. What have I been doing all this work for? Paul says, persevere, Timothy. You keep doing what God has called you to do, and you trust him. Persevere. Proving your ministry, how do you do it? Set an example, think of others, use your gifts, persevere for God, and finally attend to yourself. Now this is an important thing that we don't often mention. But look at verse 16. Pay close attention to your life and teaching. We're not going to talk about teaching, we've talked about teaching. But pay close attention to your life, to yourself is one way you could translate that. In other words, Timothy, yes you're a minister for God, but you also have spiritual needs. You need to take time to nourish yourself in the things of God. Uh, I was reading a book by Bruce Wilkinson years ago, and he was talking about the fact he had, he had reached a point in his ministry where uh, he was effective and so forth, but that um, he just was burnt out. He just had no joy in his ministry. And he went and he, he talked to a, to a friend about it, and, and they began to have a discussion, and, and he said, uh, he said, how's your prayer life? Boom. It hit him. And he said, well, I haven't, I haven't had much of a prayer life. He said, that needs to change. He said, you need spiritual nourishment, or you're going to become a casualty of ministry. And he listened to that advice, and he began to draw near to the Lord, and he said within a short time, the joy was back in his ministry. Take attention for yourself. Now, I don't have to say this to most people. Some of you, 
work too much in the church. Probably most don't work enough. Can't, I couldn't resist saying that. But anyway, <laughs> but some work too much. I've experienced this in my life. I, I remember I was, I, was in, uh, I was middle school age, and uh, I had been working in the church, and the church that I was attending at the time, uh, they had a musical program on Mondays called Musical Mondays. They had uh, visitation twice a week, evangelistic visitation, Tuesday and Thursday, which I participated in. On Wednesday, of course, was church. Friday's the pastor's day off. There wasn't anything Friday. And Saturday, I was involved in bus ministry. Can I tell you, I began to get burnt out. I began to lose my joy. I told my parents, I said, I'm, I'm going to quit some stuff. <laughs> I said, my, my relationship with God's suffering. And so, I, they, to their credit, you know, my dad was, a, was on staff at the church and everything. But he said, uh, he said, quit. He said, you know, that's important. And God restored my spirit. So important. Attend to yourself. But by the way, some people may not be involved in much ministry, but they're, they're still not attending to themselves. How do you attend to yourself? You come to the, the house of God is one way. Be fed by, be fed the word of God. Um, Spend time. Listen, we have a blessing. Many parts of the world, they don't have a copy of God's word for their church, much less for each individual Christian. Spend time in God's word every day. Um, spend time talking to God, casting your cares upon him, praying for his help, drawing near to him in worship and praise. And this will bring ministry to yourself. Sometimes music Worship in music can be a great way to nourish your soul. Sometimes spending time with godly friends, getting some rest can be a great way. But attend to yourself. Um, some people say, well, I'd rather burn out than rust out. Well, that may be so, but if you burn out and you don't nourish yourself, you won't be in it for the long haul. You need God's energy and God's strength. So attend to yourself. Improving your ministry. What about you? Are you involved in ministry for God? You say, well, do I have to have a role in the church? Not necessarily. You can exercise your gift whether you have a position or not. You have a gift of encouragement. <laughs> There's all kinds of opportunities to encourage people. Um, if you have a gift of mercy, you can show mercy. You can go to visit the hospital or visit a in the nursing home or visit a shut-in, you can do that. You don't have to have a position to do that. Organization, you might have to have a position to organize the church. You, sometimes people don't want to be organized unless they ask to be organized. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but you can help. You can say, well, hey, you could do this, this, and this, and this. And it'd go a whole lot more smoothly. They might ask you if you do that. You say, hey, would you help us? Um, but, but, Employ those, employ those things. Are, are you serving? If not, would you, would you do something for me today? Would you just pray this simple prayer to God? Lord, would you show me the opportunities to serve that I need to take? And would you give me the grace and the boldness to take those opportunities and serve you? And see what God will do through that simple act of yielding yourself to be used by God.
Somebody get, we're going to have a verse of invitation or maybe a few verses, uh, depending on how the Lord leads. But um, if you need to surrender t- to be served, uh, to be serving in the kingdom, uh, I just want to invite you to come and say to the Lord, yes, I'm willing. Use me. Remember Isaiah? Here am I. Send me. <laughs> I'm willing, Lord. Use me. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, can I tell you, um, being involved in ministry for God brings a purpose to life. It really does. But you can't be used in the way that God wants to use you until you know Him. Uh, You need His change in your heart. Uh, You need His forgiveness. You need a relationship with Him. Uh, The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, We're all guilty before God. But Jesus lived a perfect life we couldn't live. He died on the cross as our substitute to take our penalty in our place, and he rose again. And the Bible says because of what he's done, that if you will choose to surrender your life to follow him and receive the gift of eternal life in in simple trust, God will save you and give you a relationship with him. If you'd like to make that decision, I'm going to be standing here at the front, and I'm going to encourage you to come. And uh, with a simple uh, prayer of commitment, uh, you can surrender your life to the Lord uh, from your heart. And that would be my desire for you today. Uh, Maybe somebody needs to follow the Lord and believers baptism or to join our church. You sense that this is where God wants you to be. Uh, Maybe there's a call to ministry. Maybe somebody needs to say, here am I, send me like Isaiah in the sense of vocational ministry. But whatever God's laid upon your heart, would you be willing to respond to him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us uh, respond to your word, Lord, in the ways that you would desire us to respond uh, right now. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. And as we begin uh, this music, go, go ahead and come here to the front if you need to make a decision or come to the altar, Christian, if you'd like to pray and uh, surrender yourself to serve in the kingdom. Hymn number three.